You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 038. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 38. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Joy Junkie Show podcast. Amy here, and I am so thrilled for our guest host, uh, aka Guesty of the day. And uh, if you've been following the show for any number of a to- a length of time, you know that I usually am accompanied by my spouse, who is actually on hiatus. So Mr. Smith won't be back with us probably until the late spring. So I've been lining up a series of colleagues slash very close friends of mine who happen to be incredible badasses in their own right to come and hang out and share their insight. So today we are going to be talking about another relationship topic since we've got, you know, Valentine's Day right around the corner. So you know that we typically will focus on either life topics or love topics. So this week we've got some love stuff. We're going to be talking about creating intimacy both in and out of the bedroom, and I'm so thrilled to have the lovely Alana Pratt with me today. <laughs> <laughs> squeal, squeal, squeal. So let me tell you all about Alana, and then we will we'll shoot the shit a little bit. Nice. Uh, so let me tell you about her. She has been featured on CBS, TLC, and Fox, Coach to Celebrities, Akumlade. Uh, or a cum laude graduate of Columbia. Alana is a single mom who battled an internal war of body shame and sexual guilt that destroyed her confidence, joy, and softness. So, I mean, I think many of us can relate to that. She's now the author of three books. She happens to pole dance for pleasure in her spare time and knows when mom is happy, everyone's happy. She inspires women to embrace their sacred erotic nature to attract all the love and intention they choose and actually heals men's emasculated hearts, cures their nice guy, and awakens their noble, badass honoring of women. Thousands flock to her sexy, empowered show, Intimate Conversations Live, which I've been so honored to be a part of in the past and coming up too. Yay. And... She's here to end sexual violence on the planet, have stupid amounts of joy as a mother, ooze sensuality, and inspire reverence for our exquisite sexual nature. <clears throat> Delicious, Alana. Welcome. Oh, thank you. I just love, um, it's funny when you write a bio, right? And then you don't really read it until somebody reads it back to you and you're like, oh my God, that's really who I am and what I do. It was so, <gasps> yeah, Stupid amounts of fun and just luscious reverence for our bodies and our sensual pleasures and just being penetrated by the universe. Take me now. Let's have some fun. Yeah, that's how I like to live. (laughs) Well, there's so many reasons why you need to be on this show. But one of the things that I love so much about who you are and your your brand and what you stand for Mm. 
And it's, it, you know, it's definitely uh, transitioned over the years, but you don't just deal in relationships. You deal in intimacy, mm-hmm. in, in uh, tapping into your erotic spirit. And I just think it's one of the, it, it's kind of a unique niche, uh, which I love, but I think it's something that we overlook a lot. You know, we think, I need a healthy marriage. I need uh, to find a soulmate. I need dating advice. I need this. But we don't talk a lot about how to actually be intimate. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny because we just want the pill. Where's the pill? The quick fix? I just need the guy. I need the marriage to work. I need the girl, whatever it is. Um, And while I probably would be more successful if I would market myself that way, (laughs) um, (laughs) to be really honest, because I'm the actual answer of how to do that is your intimate relationship with yourself with God, the universe, source, with your body, with your truth, with your eroticism, with allowing, even if you're more into quantum physics, allowing the field and you to co-create this communion that's possible way down in the core is actually holographically, you know, presented onto your life. So if life isn't looking the way you want it to look, what there is to do is go deep inside. That's how you work efficiently and effectively to change everything with the least amount of effort and the most amount of joy. But it also takes the most amount of courage to be really honest, to be that vulnerable, to take time to slow down, to listen, to feel what's not fun to feel. So a lot of people just like to stay on the outside. And I'm just far too... um, I don't know, bold or courageous or badass or, or, or maybe I'm just dorky or I just, I have no patience for small talk anymore. I just can't do it. I don't like it. I want it to be real and deep and raw and it can be dorky or erotic. I don't really care, but damn it. I just, oh, it's too much work to be fake. Um, Right. Right. There needs to be depth. Yeah. But that doesn't mean seriousness. Um, but it is depth. It is real. Yeah. Right. So, okay, you guys, I need to tell you, I met Alana a handful of years ago now. Um, We were doing a speaking engagement where she was the the keynote for a panel that I was a part of um, talking about love and relationships and things. And I was like, oh, my God, I think I love this woman. And so, (laughs) so as I've shared with you guys before, anybody who I think needs to be in my life, I simply just tell them so. So I told, I, I remember being like, um, I think we should probably be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I think you were like, oh, little girl. What? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, not at all. But, um, but that really was, you, you've always been a couple notches up on the totem pole business-wise than I was. And you've always been such a great, graceful example of who I want to be as a businesswoman as well, because um, it, it, now that I have such the the privilege of being a friend of yours as well, as doing a lot of colleague type stuff that we've done, yeah, uh, you're the same. You're the same in both. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember getting on a Skype call with you and you had just like 30 minutes, but I wanted to pick your brain about something. I was like, help me. And yeah. I remember you saying, you know, I just thanked you over and over again. And I remember you saying, you know what? There's been a couple of people in my life who were there for me and reached out to me when I was just starting. Mm-hmm. And I'm determined to be that for others as well. And um, so I'm just, I just adore you and I'm glad you're here. 
Oh, thank you for acknowledging me. That feels really good. I remember that. I hadn't remembered it until you brought it up. But but yeah, like I I, I think to be really honest, there have been some times when I've been very insecure and other times where I've been on the other side, been kind of like spiritually arrogant. Um, I wouldn't really want to admit that, but I think what's important is to always be real and vulnerable when, as we evolve. Um, and, and I, and I'm, I'm really committed to being equal, just different yeah, and yeah. really connecting with people on that equal soul level. Like, yeah, I might have a bigger list cause I've been at this longer or I might know a few more things, but it doesn't make me better in any sense of the imagination. And when I approach somebody who's got a bigger list than me or a bigger business than me. It doesn't mean they're better than me and I don't need to be insecure. They put their pants on just like I do. Um, and that's, so that's been a, an evolution of mine and I'm glad we get to share that together and be friends and be colleagues and, yes. and, and all of it. Yeah. Well, it's well, also it's- really influenced, uh, as I've grown and become more established in my own right, yeah. how I treat others who are starting out. Yeah, because I want to maintain that same state of grace and paying it forward and being a good example. Because I've seen a lot of people who are great examples of what I don't want to be in business. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so that's how I'm not going to behave. But, yeah. but yeah, it's always good. I always call them my soul tribe. If you can find your soul tribe, that's yeah, that's where the money's at. So, so cool. Let's so let's talk about creating intimacy in and out of the bedroom. Nice and. I know that you deal with this so much and you, you really do work with a substantial amount of men. So it might be interesting to see maybe what some of the common issues, uh, challenges, difficulties that you see in your practice as it relates to intimacy. Mm. Well, I mean, it's funny. I have, I made some notes beforehand, but what's coming to mind immediately when you ask the question is I had a men's retreat last weekend. I have some clients that work with me on like a year basis and we like to hang out and do retreats around the nation and they came to LA. And um, what's so cool about men is that they're so like focused and this is the direction and they're going to be a leader and they're going to you know take charge and we love it when they claim us like that and this is so awesome. However, when you put that energy into going out to find the woman, it actually repels the women. Which is so- they're so focused. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go to this bar and we're going to score. And this is what's going to happen. This is the best bar. we got to go here. This is when we got to go there because it's a certain time. Like there was all this like pressure pushing. And I'm like, you know, this isn't what I teach. This isn't who we are. You know, James Bond, what would James Bond do? You know, he goes into the room and the women flock to him. He's like the vortex, right? He's magnetizing. <laughs> so, so can we just shift this around? So the very first night we went out, we're all like, focus, focus, focus. And it totally didn't go our way at all. And we were laughing our ass off. And then the next day we got together and we, we spoke about that. And, and then, so the second night was very different and we remembered to do what makes us happy. That when a man is in his elements, oh, yum, yum, yum. And that really flocks the women to him. And then for me to be this sort of wing girl on the side of it all was really delicious. So one of the first um, mistakes about being intimate is that you have to do it or force it or make it happen. <laughs> you get, Let's be intimate now. Come on. Like, <laughs> that's not going to work. Um, it's a softening. It's an opening. It's a connecting in. It's allowing this moment to be enough it's allowing yourself to be enough it's opening up and showing you know the good the bad the ugly like here's me hi all barriers down 
and being that safe space to connect with no um, desire for a certain outcome or pressure that it needs to look a certain way. That's very masterful spiritual practice right there. Right. You don't just walk into this. Okay. So if people, the guys listening, if you're feeling hesitant or you, you feel lonely and you really want the woman or you want her to like you, like all that kind of stuff, just think about your body right now in your posture. If you were in that James Bond place, you wouldn't be an inch forward. You would be in your body right in the center and you would be at peace in the moment, come what may. Notice that whenever you're anxious, that approach anxiety or the hesitancy or you want her to like you, um, you're pushing forward. You're pushing forward and trying to make something happen. Pull yourself back that inch, sink yourself down into the earth, open yourself wide into the moment. Remembering that you aren't your thoughts, you have them. You aren't your body, you have one. So expand yourself out to who you truly are, which is this limitless being in which the thoughts will pass, the body will have emotions, keep breathing as all those things pass. You are that self that's in charge of the whole thing. And then just be real. Maybe you're feeling a little dorky. That's fine. A little scared. Fine. A little kinky. Fine. Dark. Fine. Naughty. Fine. It's all fine. Just be you. And, the, and it would be really quite the same thing for women. Some of us women try to overcompensate with the hair or the outfit or what have you. So that would be that inch forward, trying to prove we're enough, trying to get attention. But some of us women also hide. And hell, men hide too. So it's not we're not in our body. We're that inch back. We're that, that hesitancy where that skepticism, sometimes it even comes across as arrogance, yeah, but we're that inch back. So intimacy is really about being, can you be in this moment, which feels like being in the fire because you're out of control and stay connected to your core, your breath, to God, to yourself, that you are enough and see what magic starts to occur from that level at a bar, at a restaurant, at the grocery store or in the bedroom. Yes, absolutely. Well, what I'm really hearing from you is that intimacy is about who you are being, not about what you are getting. Oh, yeah. No taking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we think like, okay, in order to be intimate with some or have an intimate connection with somebody, I need to go rob it from them. (laughs) (laughs) No. <laughs> Instead of really looking at who do you need to be, and that's one of the things that that I could I could not agree with you more. Mm. That I see is that people crave this concept of intimacy. Yeah. Yet they are hell bent on not being vulnerable. Yeah. And one of the things that I tell people all the time, and I'd be curious on your thoughts, is I feel like the amount of intimacy that you experience inside your relationship or or in anything is directly related to how vulnerable you're willing to be. So if you think, oh yeah, I want this intimacy, 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 and you're craving that, but you're just not willing to bring any walls down, you're you're not willing to really truly be seen, then that is the exact amount of, that's the level of intimacy that you are privy to by your own doing. Yeah. I totally agree. And that, everything you just said, I totally agree with. And then the layer behind that is, are you willing to be vulnerable with yourself? So there's no hope in hell you're ever going to have that capacity because it is a capacity. It takes great courage, but it's actually your strongest place to be that vulnerable, to thus have that intimacy with another if you can't do it with yourself. So where are you blocking your own connection to self about your sexuality, about your eroticism, about your body, 
about your worthiness, about the past, about that past relationship or the divorce, or sometimes it's something very intense like a rape or molestation that might have happened. Maybe somebody died on you. You know, I don't know what occurred, but when these moments occur, if we don't have uh, the awareness or a coach or a um, a support system in place, we that experience starts to come through our body. It hurts like a motherfucker, and yep, we yep. shut down and we put up a wall as, in an attempt to protect ourselves. But what we do is we lock that experience in our body so it doesn't go through. It doesn't process. We don't breathe. We don't learn. We don't grow. We don't have the lesson integrated into our being, and so that stuckness is what we put a barrier up so no one will see that. So we sort of meet somebody with all these masks on and a big shield in front and go, hi, I'd like to be intimate. Well, it's not, it's not scientifically, biologically, emotionally, none of it. It's just not possible. So the greatest work you can do in order to create intimacy, which as you very rightly said, requires vulnerability, is to go within and start to make friends with all of the darkness, for lack of better, better word, and, and that darkness isn't bad, and that these places in you aren't bad. And for me, the most efficient, effective um, way to do that is with someone else holding space, because it's hard to be the river and the banks of the river at the same time. It just is. And when mm -hmm. someone shows you that they don't judge you and that they love you unconditionally, even that part, something in you exhales. And you can start to love that part of you too. And then once that, it's like grace. It's like a transformation. It's like alchemy occurs. And you start to become friends with that part of you. And then some humor arrives. And then some courage and sassiness and badassness arrives. And then before you know it, you can put your walls down in front of someone else and say, this is who I am. And they're like, well, that sucks. And you don't shrink. And you're like, well, thanks yes. for sharing. It's like, that's your opinion. That's fine. But I know who I am. But before you do that, if you even squeak out a little bit of who you are and they say, that sucks, you're like, I know. <laughs> Defend yourself, right? Um, and none of that's required if you're willing to do this deep inner work. It, it, right on. Right on. And I, I know you advocate this as well. For women in particular, like men, I think – far more often than women are already in touch with their own bodies and there's a lot of women I think who for any number of the reasons that you mentioned whether it's past abuse or shame or or upbringing or cultural obligations or whatever it happens to be don't find out even what their own sexuality means don't even get in contact with their own body and specimen to figure mm -hmm. out what lights them up and so if if you aren't able to even be vulnerable with your own body, by yourself, with your own spirit and body connecting, good fucking luck having it with another. Yeah. You know? It's interesting you say that about guys because I guess because it's my practice and my business that I'm that safe feminine space that a man can be in and not be judged. I tend to attract a lot of male clients who are not at peace in their bodies mm -hmm. and really want to be that noble, badass, erotic, dark with heart guy. And they're not. And maybe they feel more nervous about sharing that in front of a guy because you should have it all together. And they and they are able to be that with me. But what I've realized is a couple of things. Many men have not been treated well and been inappropriately touched growing up and have huge barriers around that. 
or they think that sexuality is what they learn from porn. Right. And so they have no connection to their true sensuality and eroticism. They're not actually in their body and in their breath. They're just in the genital stimulation of sexuality. Yes, yeah, exactly. So they're they're not connected there. And there's there's a lot of pressure on guys to have the right body and the right pecs and heaven forbid if they're short or they don't look like Thor, you know, then no one will want them. So then they better get more money so the woman will want them. Um there's there's a lot going on with men and their bodies too that I was not aware of and we're very clear that there's like a shitload going on with women. And then when you start to talk to the men about what they really think about women's bodies, we think that they need us to be twiggy and airbrushed to be turned on. But statistics like that book, a billion wicked thoughts um, by those MIT guys who did all of those researchers um, of, you know, what men search for online, 97% search for curves, breasts, hips, butts. Only 3% search for lean, twiggy, thin. So it's actually our voluptuousness, our curves that really turns them on. And if we don't love those curves and embrace those curves and play up our good parts and not judge our bad parts, then we're not at peace in our skin. And that's actually of all things that men say is the sexiest about a woman is a woman at peace with her curves. So then as we move back over to women, you know, we're we're not all that body type. What is it? Endomorph? We're ectomorphs or mesomorphs. Like we're, yeah. we're, mm-hmm. we're, you know, to start going, wow, Madonna, um, she has muscles. You know, can I embrace it? That's my style. Oh, um, Marilyn Monroe, I have curves. Can I embrace that style? Or, oh, I don't really have very big breasts, but I'm really twiggy. Can I embrace that style? And can you start to celebrate the different shapes of your sisters? I got to tell you something last night, Amy. Okay, it was my birthday. It was my birthday yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I went to my pole dancing class. And I did not know this would occur, but thank God it did. Um, I got a lap dance from three women at one time. <laughs> yes. As my birthday present. And it put me in tears. It put me in tears because women of all shapes and sizes are so beautiful and so sexy. Like I had one African-American woman in I think her 50s or 60s. And then an, a Caucasian woman, very voluptuous, maybe in her uh, 50s or 40s. And then the teacher, who is very, like, strong and, like, clearly she's amazing because she's the teacher, um, in her total owning it of just slowing down. And and she's maybe in her 30s. Like, I had all these women, like, draped all over me, turning me on. And I was crying about how beautiful we all are. All these different shapes and sizes and ethnicities. And and, oh my God, for us to ever question that we're anything other than a goddess and a gift is insanity. Right. Yes. Well, and I think think what you're pointing to with all of this is so incredibly important. And that is we're constantly searching outside of ourselves. Like there's some sort of answer like – you know, it, it, if I can do these things or attract this right person, then I will be at peace with me. Mm. And it's not that. It's not in being a specific size. It's not in having the size boobs. It's not what we think men want or women want. It's about that concrete confidence in who you are as a person. And that really rings true what you were saying about a lot of men, you know, what they are attracted to is a woman who owns who she is, period. And Mr. Smith tells me all the, t- all the time, I like you when you like you. 
You yeah. know, he's yeah. not he's not interested in a preference. Of, you know, I mean, he's cl- I mean, he's definitely an ass man. I mean, let's be honest. But he <laughs> but he is uh, he's very clear that what is not attractive is searching for attention, validity, affirmation in who I am externally. Um, Yeah. And, you know, one of the one of the other things I would love to hear your thoughts on this, too. One of the other huge things that I see from people as far as a hang up in the intimacy area is people equate intimacy with sex. Yeah. So that must be the same thing. So if I'm having sex with somebody, we must be connected when in reality you could be completely yeah disconnected out of your body out of your spirit out of everything yeah and so that's the comment that you know I was kind of talking about with women a lot of men are at least in touch with their physical body Mm. um they learn how to manipulate manipulate themselves sexually intimacy however Mm -hmm. totally different story but yeah but I I see far far more often from women they haven't even gotten in touch with their sexual stimulation even like touching mm-hmm. their body or seeing sure. what they you know and aren't connected with what intimacy is so it compounds yeah. the effect sure sure the good very good point yeah so for me intimacy doesn't even require copulation right absolutely. I, I, can have, I can have intimacy with the sunset yep i can have intimacy with a strawberry i can have intimacy with you right now i can have intimacy with my clients i can have intimacy with my lover I can have intimacy with my son. Like intimacy is about, I'm going to honor me and I'm going to honor you. I'm going to trust that I can take care of myself and I'm going to trust that you can take care of yourself. I'm going to be real and vulnerable and put down all of my walls. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to be raw with you. And I'm going to allow whatever, I'm going to be unattached, whatever occurs. And I'm going to just let life force energy have its way with us. This beautiful communion, this beautiful dance. I'm going to let go of control and just show up and see how life wants to have its way with us. And and those components of intimacy set the stage for friggin' amazing copulation. Mm-hmm. But you can but you can have that all day long with life and with everyone you come into contact with. Now not everybody's gonna play because that scares the bejesus out of a lot of people to be that real. Right. Right. Connected. <laughs> but that's what's required. And how the hell can you do it with another, as you so eloquently said earlier, unless we can do it with ourselves. So for the women that are listening that haven't really learned what turns them on that's one element of it. But also with intimacy, what feels honoring? Have you really looked about that? And are you honoring you? And do, you know, we all say, oh, I need a guy that I can trust. Well, yeah, but that puts, you know, a shitload of pressure on another person to have to be perfect like a robot. And they're not going to be. But can you trust that you will always tell yourself the truth? Will you, can you trust that you will always keep your eyes open and be aware and not pretend you don't see the red flags? Can you always trust in yourself that you have healthy boundaries and you know what it's like to be honored and dishonored, when to say yes and when to say no? It's more about trusting yourself in every situation that you're going to honor you and show up authentically with who you are. Then it takes the pressure off the other person to have to be whatever, trustworthy. And so they fuck up. 
Okay, so let's see how they respond. Do they ask, what can I do to make it up to you? Do they keep doing it all the time or do they really learn from it? That's more about how to be in a relationship with trust rather than putting it over the onus over on another to have to be some perfect person. And then same with you. What's it like to have somebody going, well, I can't trust you now because you, that's such judgment. Do you ever really want to show up again for that person? No. But if they're like, ow, that really hurt. They're not making you wrong. They're telling you the truth. And if you do it again, you're probably not going to be around for much longer. But you can go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. How can I make it up to you? And then the intimacy actually gets stronger, free of judgment and open to trusting oneself that I can handle myself moment to moment, come what may. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And that, you know, again, it's something we talk about constantly on this show about where that it really does start internally and we think that it's a lot of the solutions externally like well as long as my spouse receives me the right way as long as they're totally perfect as long you know then I of course can have intimacy you know so but we don't think like well well how much do you trust yourself yeah you know that's very indicative of how you show up inside of a relationship you know I'll totally tell tell one on myself here um I, I, I'm in a pretty confident place in my life right now where, you know, if people show up great or don't show up great, I know I'm always a choice and I get to choose who I hang out with, etc. And I've done a pretty good job of getting to know my scared little girl, my ashamed little girl, my, you know, scared to be erotic and naughty little girl, like all these like pieces inside of me. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty intimate with myself. But what I realized was that while I might trust myself, like I've done that first layer of going inside, when I really was asked, do I really trust the universe 100% that it's got my back? I had to, I had, I saw a layer of myself where I didn't trust the universe would have my back. So I had to handle it, you know, just in case I'll take care of this, I'll do this myself, or I'll just keep people enough at bay because, you know, if things really go awry, it's up to me, it's on my shoulders. And um, I was with, um, I always have coaches. I think it's out of integrity to be a coach if you don't have a coach. Um, so I was with one of my coaches, um, and that was actually a gentleman. And he said, so when's the last time you've been held? I mean, really held, like held so that you exhale hmm. all the way and you don't keep your thoughts going and you don't keep your vagina tight or you don't keep your mm-hmm. going on in the room. I mean, like, let go all the way and be held. And I went and I started to cry. I go, I can't even remember the last time. And he's like, well, this is a very professional coaching session. However, would you like me to hold you? And I'm like, yes, please. And I realized I hadn't let myself let go all the way. I'm personally going through a lot of um, stuff right now that feels like attack. And so I didn't realize the layers of keep it together. Got to handle this. Got to be on guard that we're there. And so whether you have a friend, I mean, there's snuggling parties. There's all sorts of interesting things out there in the world for you to enjoy. But like, just a, a, it could be a girlfriend. It could be nature. It could be a trusted coach. Um, but it's one thing to keep ourselves together. But it's another thing to connect to that layer of the universe that really has our back. And we can embody that sense of surrender by allowing another just to hold us. Yeah. And if tears come up, that's normal. And that's fine. And and let yourself really be held. Because when that connection goes all the way to the core, where you really trust that the universe has got your back, you don't have to handle it all. You can do your best and then give it over. 
And and I think a lot of us, we know the seven steps to manifesting what we want. And the last step is let go. But do we really? Do we really surrender and let go and trust that in divine time, if it's meant to be, it will. But come what may, we're okay. And the universe has our back. I realized that there was a whole blind spot there for me. And now that I've learned about that and I've cried through it and I've let it go, um, I feel a lot more calm. And I have to say I'm attracting more attention and more money and more fun. It really does happen when we get out of the way. We can receive a lot more. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's that death grip. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the death grip of the how. I need to know how. Yeah. And that has been – because I am I tend towards control I'm trying not to identify myself as a control freak but I I tend towards control I have an affinity of it so um I realize how having such a death grip on the how of everything yeah impairs me in so many ways and uh perhaps the most liberating and this is what I'm hearing you say and I know you've used this word over and over again, is that radical surrender where you have no guarantees, you have no safety net, you have nothing, and you don't know how things are going to work out. All you have is faith and trust, and you let that support you. And it's a scary fucking place to be. Yeah. I, you know, the caveat that I would offer is that you get to a place where you're very intentional about who you allow into that space because there are those who cannot hold it for you. So I'm not saying like be at the bank and tell them your whole life story to the teller. You know, (laughs) it's not necessarily that or that you just – because there, I really, truly always advocate that you speak your truth into ears capable of hearing you. Nice, nice. Um. So, so that is something that I, I want everybody to be aware of. And if you're in a relationship with somebody who isn't able to hear, who, yeah. it, who is abusive, who is – if there's anything that's arresting that, we're not saying dig further in and be more of a doormat. No. More, Hello. Right. So we're, I just want to be clear on that. Um, but it does – it habituates a way of being, like how you show up so that – you know, and I, I nurture that a lot in my own life where I'm like, okay, here's who I am. And because I'm so out there and I'm really clear, like, this is who I am. When I get criticisms, largely through, like, business or things like that, it hurts because it's about me. So I allow that to hurt, but I also allow it to not identify who I am. So you feel it and then heal it, you know, get through it. And it doesn't have to infringe on my ability to be intimate in other situations and allow vulnerability in other situations. But that's what we we do is we think, oh, vulnerability equals hurt. Therefore, don't ever be vulnerable again. Yeah, no, that's no, you're no, that's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I think one thing to really state about what you just said there is um, when you're in the in a situation, there's a place in you that's aware whether being yourself is going to be received or not. Now, if you're spinning in your mind, analyzing everything, trying to control, that's not where the answer is going to be found. It's going to be found in this place of in your body, connected. Remember, you have a body, you aren't your body. You have thoughts, you aren't your thoughts. So it's this expanded witness place where you're like, you know what? 
I'm just going to trust my instincts, my intuition. It's more of an energetic bodily place. But you know, if you really sink in and take a moment to breathe, even if you just have to run to the bathroom and just be quiet for a second, you know who's going to uh, judge you and mm-hmm. kick you in the ass. Like when it's all, you know, it's always hindsight is 20, you know, whatever they call that, 2020. Right. If you can in the moment take that extra beat, that extra pause and check in, your body will let you know, oh, be expressive. This feels yummy. I know they're going to, you know, maybe they won't be perfect or whatever, but but they they do see me and honor me. Or you'll be like, now nah, that one, I just, I have a bad feeling about that one. That just does not feel right. Trust yourself and don't express the fullness of the richness of who you are at a 10 to them because they're freaking going to judge you and that's going to hurt. However, you don't have to turn you off. Just turn you down to a one or a two and don't share that with them. But never deny or judge or hide who you are. Just be smart about it and be a one or a two around those kind of people. And when you do find somebody that you really get can receive you as a 10, fucking play with them because it's so yummy to be who you are. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, I know I know that we've kind of peppered advice all through this. You know, we kind of talked a little bit about the challenges that we see. I'd really like to give some people some concrete tips or tools of how to cultivate in- intimacy in and out of the bedroom, single or in relationship, um, even if it's kind of just a reiteration yeah. I know you've kind of already said a couple of, you know, things. And, and I've got some real, like, tangible to-do list stuff that I can offer. Um, but I know yours will be more of a spiritual invitation, so I would love to hear it. Mm, okay, cool. Well, the first place, I would um, have a practice of noticing in a day how often you hold your breath. Ooh. Because yes. you, you might hold your breath sending a text just notice you might hold your breath like reading the recipe when you're making food trying to do it right you might hold your breath um during trying to have an orgasm you might hold your breath um waiting for what someone's going to say bracing yourself notice how many times you hold your breath and then step two would be breathe when you normally don't because that is saying yes i am willing to inhale life even though I don't know what the hell is going to happen. So this idea of holding our breath is the illusion of creating safety and control. But what it does is it takes you out of the present moment, takes you out of your body. It disconnects you with your heart, with your intuition, with everything. And energetically, when you're around somebody that's holding your breath, you're kind of like, what, what, what's up, what, what? You're (laughs) putting other people um, not at ease. So then you're creating the very thing you're afraid of. So what, it's very simple but it's very profound. If you can breathe through a, uh, a date. I, you know what I did as a practice? I watched Captain Phillips the other night. You know that one about the terrorism people and the pirates and the whole thing, Tom Hanks? Oh my God. I, I breathed oh. where I was normally tense for like 90 minutes. My body was going through all these crazy contraction-y things of all the places in my life where I thought holding my breath would help. It started when I was five years old, Amy. The moment dad like punched the hole through the wall when I was like five. I noticed that's when I started holding my breath. And so while this seems very simple, it's very profound because everywhere you've gone into survival mechanism to protect yourself, you will be shown because you will stop breathing. So notice where you breathe. Don't breathe. Choose to breathe and breathe through your heart and make that your practice and make that'll just cover your whole life and it'll connect you into the moment. And that is one of the most seductive, intimate ways to be with life. So that's simple, but profound. 
What's your, what's your, uh, some ideas? Oh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that because I notice that I've, I've recently been working on a lot about how control really does impair me in so many ways. And that, that simple exercise, I think it, it, it's the somapsychic or psychosomatic where you notice physically what's arresting your spirit. Yeah. You know, and that's, Oh my gosh, it's so helpful. I always get stuff out of. See, this is all really self-serving. I just needed you on here so I could grow. <laughs> um, so it, a lot of my stuff is very, very similar to what we've been discussing. But um, one thing that I, I can't stress enough is figure out a method of flexing your vulnerability. So whether or not that is just you and your partner or your best friend or your parent or sibling or whatever, lock eyes and just stare at each other for as long as you can. Like we are very rarely really just present with one another. Why? Because that's very vulnerable. And most of us don't even, a lot of people don't even look each other in the eye, period. Yeah. So, so that's one small little exercise. Uh, Where are the areas in your life where you, where you don't allow yourself to be seen? Can you start pushing that boundary a little bit? Like if we've got these walls built up, what would it be like to take just a couple of bricks off that wall? What what would that be for you? Is it in your friendships? Is it your relationship? Is it is it maybe just telling your spouse what you really truly need mm. in your financial life, in your bedroom life, in, in anything? But that's a really vulnerable thing is to actually express a desire of your heart to another human. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I would say. Um, I do I do highly suggest setting up, if you're in a relationship in particular, set up some sort of daily practice or ritual that involves physical touch. Mm. Um, as many people know, Mr. Smith is a body worker and, and teaches massage therapy and things like that. And it never ceases to amaze me how little people connect physically how people pay him just because they need to experience the intimacy of touch Mm. and it's the same thing that that you and I do and what why that was so cathartic for you to have that experience with your coach is is we very rarely are just in this hammock of care where we can be seen we can be our uh, who we are in our our messiness and our our incredible talents and and just all of it. We usually are very selective what we show to others. So even if you get into, you know, uh, get with a coach or get with a a class or a course where you are flexing the muscle of of showing up, of showing who you are. Um, But yeah, I mean, that daily practice involving touch could be by yourself. Yeah. What would it be like to have a really sensual shower? Something that I do a lot to connect with my body, particularly when I'm going through uh, physical ailments, is I'll take time in the shower and just express gratitude to every area of my body. Mm. And just say, like, thank you so much for carrying me up and down these stairs. Thank you so much for allowing me to do that fitness routine. Thank you so much for allowing me to experience orgasm. Thank you. You know, mm-hmm. thank you for being able to reach the cups out of the cupboard. You know, mm-hmm. and, and 
create that level of intimacy that's different than sexuality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the same is true for their, like a spouse. Could you just, could you, even if you're reading in bed together, could you hold hands while doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, I've shared on numerous occasions, you know, Mr. Smith and I have this routine every single morning where we, we embrace and we take just a handful of seconds, but we get really present with one another. And it's our ritual of saying goodbye to one another in the morning, but it always involves very conscious connection spiritually and physically. Yeah. And it's not sexual at all, but it's intimate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really great because when you only leave the definition of intimacy being copulation, you leave out 99.9% of your life. Yeah. You have intimacy 24-7 all the time. And then when you bring that that wealth of, of intimate connection into your sexual life, it just enriches it beyond imagination. So whether you're single listening to this, in a relationship, what have you, um, allow yourself to have nature immediately to be one of your intimate partners. Cultivate mm. a relationship with with God, the universe, the field. I mean, scientifically, there are little molecules out there all over the friggin' universe that are conscious and ready for you to say, ask and it's given what mm-hmm. you'd like. Oh, molecules, will you kiss my cheeks all day long today, please? Like, you could just be dorky and ask for that, but there's you're, you're not alone. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And then with your friends, with your body, with your partner, all of it, allow yourself to be seen and be intimate and be met by life and realize, oh my God, I didn't die. So yeah. <laughs> beliefs that I can't be intimate or something horrible is going to happen, that's going to start to be, you know, flushed down the toilet. And then as you move it into your intimate sexual relationship, um, you'll just have so, you'll, you'll be so much more um, enriched to be able to ask for what you desire and to also be the space for your partner to ask from you what they desire um, and take your relationship to heights yet un- unknown. Yeah. You know, when a, one of the other non-sexual intimate, intimate things that we do all the time, I mean, I definitely do it more than him, but I watch him shower a lot. Hmm. Um, and now he started to do that a lot. And it, I will watch him get dressed each day or undressed. Same hmm. thing. He'll watch me get dressed, undressed. And those are like, that's what I mean by start flexing that vulnerability yes. muscle. You know, like we hide those things we think uh i will do that as soon as i lose 50 pounds or as soon you know that is i love that i love you too every time i love you more just (laughs) and i have given this practice to single people before because they're like well i don't care about what underwear i put on because he's not here yet and i'm like no imagine he's watching you get dressed in the morning so but i've never taken it to the point of saying okay now do it he's there like let him watch you so that's brilliant so you can do it single or you can do it in a relationship because it brings a certain level of vulnerability and awareness to just the beauty of your body and how you move and what it's like to be, you know, drank in, drunk in. What's the right verb tense there? Yeah. You know, by by the divine. You can do it. You know, the divine is watching you all the time and just saying you are exquisite and let it in. Yeah. Yeah. The, the rules that have governed your intimacy are created by you. Yeah. So you can rewrite that rule book whenever the fuck you want. If yeah. you if you don't want it contingent on your weight, it doesn't have to be. Right. I mean, that is your call. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as things that you can do to, pro, you know, provoke intimacy inside of a relationship uh, as it relates to actual 
in the bedroom or wherever, you know, as it relates sexually. One thing I love to suggest, and this this is really vulnerable, so it you might have to work up to that, but to actually look at your partner in the eyes when you climax. Mm, yeah. Ooh, that's awesome. See, you've been married for so long and I've been single for so long. So my practice with my clients is um, orgasm looking at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So same idea. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could absolutely do that. Um, But that is one of them to be like, here I am, like in my most vulnerable space and I am watching you watching me. Like I am allowing myself to really, truly be seen. Yeah. so, and then the other one is it, it's, be conscious and intentional about it. Like, create it. So, could you set up a sex date? Um, like, okay, on Friday night, and you put it in your calendar, you, you schedule it the way you would schedule a vacation, where when you see that fucking vacation on your schedule, you're like, ah, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's hard for me to even work because I'm so excited about what that's, what's going to happen. Yes. But we neglect shit. That's not an emergency. What's an emergency? Usually work and kids. Yeah. So it's this type of stuff that we go, oh, I would really desire a rich, intimate connection with my partner. However, it's not important enough for me to actually make the time for. Mm. So make a date for it and create some buildup behind it with the two of you discussing what you want to try, what you want to connect with, what will make it intimate, what makes you feel seen, what makes you feel sensual. Discuss all that outside of it and then come together and see what you can create together because you're intentional about it being a connected time not just oh you're into it oh and I'm not okay well let me just bend over real quick and let's just handle you know and it's unconscious yeah yeah so look at what you can do to actually create some consciousness and it actually takes some fucking effort you know like you actually have to put make it important in your own mind. We love the idea that it will organically happen. It doesn't happen like that for everybody. We yeah. have emotional baggage. We have scars. We have walls built up. We have communication issues. We've got family issues. We've got kids to tend to. We've got stress. We've got all this stuff yeah. that we allow to be our massive excuse. So it's one or the other. You either want a fulfilling sexual intimate connection with your partner mm-hmm. or you don't. Make yeah. time or make excuses. It's your choice. Yeah. I love it. And even leading up to the actual bedroom event too, every little moment with your partner gets to be that intentional. And when you start to practice this, it, you start to, and then you get the response of how yummy it is to be that intimate. You can also even just make a meal. Yeah, you, know, you can eat it at the table. Mm-hmm. You can eat it separately. You can eat it under the table and be like dorks with flashlights and a blanket and eat with your fingers or feed each other. Yes, you can yes. go sit outside under the, the tree and bring a blanket. Yeah, that takes more work. You got to bring out the pillows and the blanket and the food. But you know what? It's the experience of that intimate connection in creating something that feeds you a hundred times fold back again. And even as a mother, like I'm a single mom and that same thing applies with intimacy with my child. You know, I can go let him have his pizza in his room on his iPad and I can keep doing emails, a certain level of intimacy. Or I can say, okay, we're going to, what game should we play? Should we play the matching game? Okay, go get the matching game. Okay, great. And I bring out the food and we bring out special blankets and and we hold hands and we look at each other and we say, thank you for food and family and friends and fun. Break. And we eat. Like (laughs) We have these rituals and that's that's why he feels so safe to be real with me because I've created space for him 
to be intimate with me and tell me things. Um, so it's, it's across your whole life. Yes, absolutely. Mm. I love it. I love it. So, you know, before we end, I would love two things from you. I would love just any final thought or, you know, kind of a, if you've heard nothing, hear this or what you really want to leave them with. Uh, and then the second is how can they find more of you? Where do they, where do they start stalking you? Mm. <laughs> I was just like, I wish they could see me right now. Cause I'm like, yeah, mark me right here. Let's slap my ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So if I could leave you with anything, the most important relationship of your whole life is with yourself. And another way of saying that is with source. Cause we come in here naked and we're going to leave naked. And at the end of the day, who you're always with is yourself. So that relationship, be kind, be curious, and be as deeply connected to all of your grandeur, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. Make peace with it all. If you can do that, nothing and no one, no circumstance, nothing will ever take you off your center. And you will feel so fulfilled that if you died tonight, I'm so sorry if you do, but there would be no, <laughs> there would be no regrets. Yes. Be able to be that connected that you, you know, I lived full. I lived this day fully. I connected fully with me and everyone else. And I wish I'd written that other book or I wish I'd built that house or whatever, but that's not going to matter because you're so connected to yourself. So that's the, what I want to leave people with awesome. and how they can find me is my name, Alana Pratt, which is dot com. That's my main site. I've got radio shows for free, my newsletter for free. I've got YouTube channels. I've got books, CDs, DVDs, coaching memberships. I've got all sorts of things to support you with wherever it feels a fit, come and play. And if you're really looking for that safe space to show up and clear away whatever's in the way of that deep, intimate relationship to the core, it would be my total pleasure to support you with that. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. You guys have to check out her radio show, Intimate Conversations. Yeah, what's uh, your date? Tell them. What I don't even know. What is it? Do you know? Oh, when I'm coming on? Yeah, do you um, know? Yeah, I, th- I want to say it's March 20th. Cool. Um, let me look real quick. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in March. Nice. Cool. Yep, we'll yep, 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 March 20th. So, awesome. um, so yeah, be sure to go uh, hang out with Alana. Uh, if you have not done so already, please cruise by thejoyjunkie.com and grab your very free Life and Love digital kit from moi. And while you're there, you can swing by the podcast page. Let us know anything you want to hear. Uh, hear about if you want to be a caller on the show we're open to doing that as well and uh, just thank you so much for listening and and being a part of this and if you dig please 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 leave us a review on iTunes it helps us get more visibility and we're able to spread this message a little bit louder and and a little bit more broad Mm. so uh, again thanks for listening Alana thank you for being here so appreciate it I love you Oh, I love you so much. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mm, Alana and Amy are lusciously out of here. <laughs>